Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I think you've got a theory that you just explained off air. Film festival films are either excellent or bad. That's correct. There's no in-between. Is it the best movie you've ever watched or the worst movie you've ever watched? It's a one or a ten. And you never know, do you? You can never tell by the... Never tell going in. And boy, do we have some... um, (laughs) Some that fit both categories. (laughs) Let's get into it. Hello there. Welcome to I Only Like You in Movies, Myth 2021 Special Edition. My name's Lottie. Her name's Sine. How are you doing, Sine? Hi. I'm good, thanks. How are you? Pretty good. This week, you and I have watched films from the Melbourne International Film Festival. Now, interestingly, I'm not in Melbourne. I'm not even internationally different to, to Melbourne. But the film festival this year is all online. Um, you can probably guess why. Um, and so even though Sine is in the International Space Station slash Melbourne, um, you had to watch them online too, which isn't the greatest experience for a film festival, but also pretty cool that we can watch it online these days, eh? Yeah, like on one hand, it's really sad that the festival couldn't go ahead in person and, you know, it was at a bunch of different cinemas in Melbourne, so I was kind of looking forward to sort of experiencing those. On the other hand, though, and this is an unpopular opinion with film people, I actually prefer it being online because I think it makes it more accessible. Mm. I think... These films are so hard to see at the best of times and the only time you get sort of this experience is at a film festival like this and the ability to have it online so people don't even have to leave their house. You know, it's a big risk to go, oh, we're going to go see this Hungarian film that no one's heard of. Is it good? I don't know. Mm. Is that this weird cinema? But if you can just like watch it at home, I think you'd be more inclined to take that risk. And they're only $14, the tickets. And most of them are tight 90s. Exactly. So two of us can get in there for $7 each rather than be $28 if we went to go see it together at the cinema. Mm -hmm. I think in a a strange way as well, it makes the films, makes the festival more about the films because Mm. you actually, you have to really think about what you're going to see rather than just going like, okay, I'm free Thursday night, what's on? I guess I'll go see that because it's on. And also... Like it's also the great thing about film festivals that you go there and there are other things going on, like the talks and Q&As and things, and you can go with your friends and even if it's a film you don't connect with, you can have a chat afterwards, you go to a bar or you have dinner beforehand. Mm-hmm. But then that, that becomes, it's the experience of going out to the film festival rather than what we did was like we literally went through all the films and which ones we wanted to watch and then when we watched them, we watched them with no distractions. But I guess that's us. Some people might just watch things on their phones or whatever, but... I think it really made me focus more on the film itself rather than the wider experience of the film festival. So in that way, you know, the films are to the forefront, which I guess is good. Mm, I agree. And also, like, there's other reasons you might not be able to go in person. You might have kids and, you know, you can't leave them at home in Mm -hmm. the evening, but you can sign into the MIF streaming platform and watch one of these cool films that you don't really normally get access to. Exactly right. It's it's a democratisation in that sense. Mm -hmm. 
that said, really sucks for the festival because the yes. whole point of the festival <laughs> is that you're supposed to go there and experience it and meet people and go to the talks and all that. I understand that. Yeah. So. And one thing I will say is not all of the films were offered online this year. I know. We had a whole list of ones we were going to look into yeah. and you were going to go to, but then... Which frustrates me a little because it was a late pivot for them to be hmm. moved from in-person to online, but I think anyone with a crumb of foresight could have probably foreseen this, mm -hmm. and I think perhaps if we set it up to be streaming, we could have made it a bit better from the beginning. Yeah. Um, but there seems to, I'm in the minority there, there seems to be a wider um, attitude of, you know, trying to make the most of the in-person things while you can. Um, whereas I'm sort of more like, let's just accept that it's bad and make, like, at least we know what we're doing then. But anyway. Yes. So that's, that's pretty cool. Um, well, we've gone to film festivals before. We've gone to Biff many times in Brisbane. We've gone to Byron Bay. We volunteered at Biff in Byron Bay. Yeah, we did. We had good times there. And we've also gone to, like, their festivals, but when, when Palace has films from Scandinavia or, or France mm -hmm. or Britain, they have their own little mini festival at the um at palace is pretty cool as well yeah we did and a french film festival roundup not too long ago exactly we, we try to go and and see films because i know the films we watch this time are very much festival films aren't they there's a real yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's a real vibe to a festival film maybe that's part of we bring that to it because we're thinking about it in the yeah. context of the festival but anyway let's get into them i reckon uh, i thought we could just do a quick roundup of what we watched first and then we'll um, get into spoilers and discussions a bit later but just quickly, we watched Nowhere In, Preparation is to be together for an unknown period of time, Ninja Baby, and Freshman Year. Now, say we have sort of two that we love and two that we also watched. Is that right? <laughs> we did watch them, that's correct, yes. <laughs> no, well, okay, the ones we liked, Ninja Baby and Freshman Year, why would you recommend those two to, to the listeners? Oh, with no spoilers, gosh. Um, well, Freshman Year won an award at the South by Southwest Film Festival. Mm -hmm. It's sort of inspired by Richard Linklater films, the Before series. So if you mm -hmm. like them, I think you'll like this. It's a coming of age, which we love. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, it was written and directed and by the same by that lead actor who starred in the film. His name's Cooper. So yes, that's great. <laughs> um, and it's a really quiet, beautiful, emotional character-driven film yeah so understated mm. kind of lures you in because it's by, by almost by not doing stuff it brings you in closer than it just waltz you over the head with all the emotions right you just yeah get it's, lured in it's yeah. beautiful i loved it uh ninja baby which i called baby ninja by accident a moment ago <laughs> uh it's from norway and i don't think i've ever seen a norwegian film before i might have but yeah i can't yeah. think of one yeah um so it's a little bit a bit raunchy, oh. Well, not totally raunchy, but it's an adult film, definitely. It's like well, an adult version know. of Juno, basically. It's not, it's not an adult film. Oh, no, no. <laughs> For adults. Yes. Like, don't bring your kids to this one because they, they talk freely about sex and there's sex scenes and it's about some yeah. weighty issues. But basically it's a sort of a pregnancy drama, if that's a subgenre, I suppose it is. But also quite funny, so... I have to say, so Ninja Baby was a recommendation from David. Thank you, David. Um, when I was looking at the description, I was sort of like, she has sex, she does drugs, <laughs> like all these things. And I was like, why did he recommend this to me? Sounds just like Isane. <laughs> but it's really, really fun. And mm -hmm. it uses animation in the film mm -hmm. as well. Um, 
and it's yeah has no right to be as good as it is like it's it's yeah but it's not it's not a play by play by numbers color by number sort of thing Mm. it takes some directions in the narrative that are not what you'd expect that's right and you know this might be damning with faint praise but it's a sort of um european film that you can see hollywood might make remake in a few years because yes because it's so good in that sense Mm -hmm. uh we'll get into that a bit more later uh, preparations to be together for an unknown period of time. Yes. Now, okay, this is my pick. Um, we had to look for another one to watch, and I was like, oh, that's a cool title. We'll get into it. Uh, have have a go. got you on the title. Well, it's an interesting title. It's, you know, <laughs> it's, um, very evocative. So it's a kind of, it's a drama from Hungary. Uh, supposed to be a psychological thriller. Well, it didn't bring the thrills for me. No, me either. But it was it's interesting though, and it was it was the one I kind of was looking at the time code a little bit to try and get through it. To be honest, mm-hmm. um, so it's not a recommendation in that sense, but I think it built, built a very interesting mood, um, and I I'm glad I watched it. But it's 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 kind of like it's the most film festivaly festivaly film of the film festival for me so far. So mm-hmm. don't rush out, but you know I still quite liked it, and it's it's alright. Nowhere in. That was your pick's name. Yeah, it was because it has Annie, our girl, St. Vincent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's sort of like a meta-textual – there's got to be a drinking game every time I say meta-textual. It's probably once okay. per episode. <laughs> um, look at what it's like to be a touring musician. So she sort of plays mm-hmm. a version of herself, but it's also like a psychological thriller and the, the conceit is that her friend is making a documentary about her mm. life on the road promoting a new album. Yes, um, it's like a, it's a, the trappings of a music documentary, but it's a mockumentary, but also mm. there are narrative film aspects to it as well. But it's, also, yeah. it's, all, it's all very much not real, but also could be real or could be based on real life or it's all a satire. Kind of hard to explain until you actually see it and yeah. know it. I it's a bit it. weird, so yeah. And I think, you know, you and I are, are big fans of Saint Vincent. We're not the biggest, mm. but we are. Like we understood all the references. Or I'm guessing you did as much as I did. I think if you had no idea who she is, um, you might be a bit lost. Yeah, I don't think you get a lot out of it, to be honest. So, no, but you might get it as a film rather than mm. you know there there are different layers and of an understanding when it comes to films. So, but I think, yeah, it was one to think and. I've thought a bit about it since I watched it and stuff, you know, like it mm-hmm. it has stayed with me a little bit, but it wasn't like, it wasn't blown away in the same sense as I was. I kind of just feel like it, it was kind of throwing stuff out there to be weird rather than having a, a strong focus and through line. That's maybe why, but it was still cool. So, you know. Mm. Okay. So that's our little recap of them all. Maybe we should get into spoilerific territory because you know what we're like. So now he's got questions. I've got to try and answer them. I mean, that's just the premise of the show, isn't it? <laughs> Basically. So you have any rants prepared? I have some rants. Okay. See, here's the thing. I don't always prepare a rant. Sometimes the rants happen organically. <laughs> okay. And I think we're, we've got an organic one brewing. Okay. Well, given that we love Ninja Baby and Freshman Year, we've got lots of positive things to say about that. Maybe we should get um, the other two out of the way. <laughs> and then finish on a high because we've got – then listeners can stay, stick around because they want to hear the good things, you know. That's how we do it today. Sounds good. That's how they stay around. Hi, this is Lonnie from the future. 
I've put some time codes in actually, if you want to skip around, maybe skip one section and go straight to the spoilers of another, of another film. So up to you, your choice. We love you. Okay. Off you go. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Preparations to be together for an unknown period of time. Okay. So again, I don't think I've seen a Hungarian film before. Um, so that's cool. That was a good experience. Uh, as you said, it's kind of like a, supposed to be a psychological thriller. Uh, it could have been more. That's, that, I think that's my overall summation. It could have been more of everything it was trying to do because unlike the other films, which make, make the most of being understated, this was almost too understated, too restrained. I didn't understand until about halfway through. I was like, oh, this is supposed to be scary. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Look, up front, I didn't get it. Okay. I, I'm still confused about narrative elements. I wasn't thrilled. This is supposed to be a quietly compelling thriller. I didn't. Well, I wasn't thrilled at all. Some people said it's kind of like um, Hitchcock or like Vertigo, which I can get that in a sense. But oh, I also, kind of get. Yeah, I get what you mean by that. But like, no, not Hitchcock. I mean, who no. is? Who is? But like, come on. <laughs> So basic plot is that this woman, she's a neurosurgeon and she uproots her life because she meets this guy at a conference and she's in America and then she goes back home to, to Hungary, to Budapest, to see him and sort of taking a chance on an affair with him or a life with him because she's, I guess, because she's lost in her own life sort of thing. She's hitting 40 and wants to still have a chance at a, at a life that she maybe has not had so far. And then he doesn't recognize her. And then it's like, ooh, did she imagine it? Is she going crazy even though she's someone who knows all about the brain? And then so they, they have an affair, but then it's like, is he real? Or was he just imagination? I guess. I guess, but you've made it sound much more interesting than it actually is. It's I, very I, I, convoluted, yeah. but for the sake of just being convoluted. I and know. it felt to me... Like the way Tenet was convoluted so that everyone could be mm. like, gee, this is really complex. This was sort of like that, but it, there was no need for it to be that. You could have had some of that and still gotten the effect mm. and actually got me to understand what was happening in the film. As well, it was, I spent the whole time thinking, what's going on? <laughs> yeah. I mean, what I described there was like a thriller plot. The What we saw mm-hmm. was kind of just a no. basic drama, I suppose. It, and it hinted at those elements, but didn't fully engage with them enough for mine. Another thing, okay, this is going to be a little funny. I don't mean any shade in anybody involved in the film or the, like the actors involved, right? But she like uproots her whole life for this guy, right? Mm-hmm. She's a, a very pretty neurosurgeon, you know, surely got everything going for her in life. And he's just a guy. Don't you dare. <laughs> no, don't you dare. What? What? What's his name in the film? Uh, Janosh. Janosh. Janosh is a sweet, cuddly teddy bear, <laughs> and I love him. No, no, today this is like when, no. like you know, they make the jokes about, you know, the girl is posting about <laughs> five years with the best guy ever. I can't believe I'm, I'm so lucky to find him. And the picture, and it's just Josh. It's just some guy. Yeah, this is what happened. Why did she cover no, it a whole life for, no. for Janosh? It's not. No, it's not. He is a sweetie pie. He doesn't even do surgery anymore because he doesn't hack it. He writes a he's book a, about his, how sad he is, but she's the one who's got it all going for her. He's a cutie patootie. <laughs> she's a Vera Farmiga 
budget version. <laughs> no, not standing it. We're not ha- we're not attacking Yanosh. He is a sweetheart. I was just I think he has I'm... two kids. He's a good dad. So no, if it was Oscar Isaac, I'd get it. You know. No. Idris Elba for sure. No. Yanosh, oh, well. he's fine. He <sighs> strongly disagree. <laughs> this is our strongest disagreement ever. Over Yanosh, wow. He's the only good thing about this movie. Yeah, well, okay. Not the creepy little boy who looked like our friend Ben. Oh, I, yeah. What was that about? Not not looking like Ben. No, Sorry, no, ben. that's fine. Ben's cute. I meant, <laughs> I meant like, yeah, this, dude, stop. Yeah, go but, away. Don't kiss her. No. What I are you know. doing? But Don't make, she pull away from the kiss and you're asking to go upstairs? Oh, no, know, stop. But make it more. Make him creepier, I think. Yeah. You know, for the sake of the story. Because if you're going to make it not not a drama, not a thriller, make it more of a lighthearted comedy or something, you know, like kind of felt like it was in between everything and nothing in the end. Then it's like, which window is yours? And she turns the lights on and it's like, please don't stand out on the street (laughs) looking into my apartment. That's odd. It's an odd thing to do. It is odd. And then you're going to be there the mor- in the morning when I wake up just staring at my apartment building from the opposite mm, side of the road nah. and then we're just going to walk with each other but then not talk. But then I think yeah. that was an imagination sort of thing. But then he interacted with people, so then was he? Well, I got to one point about halfway through and I was like, oh, okay, should I have been watching to see if he interacts with anybody else in the film? Is he one of those? Well, no, because I was on that, Lonnie. I was that on was, the I went straight, <laughs> right, he's going to be a figment. And I was very... <laughs> Paying yeah. attention very closely to who Quite spoke common. to him and in what context. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. As I said, I wouldn't rush out to see this one again, but I didn't. I well, I didn't mind seeing Budapest. I assume it was shot there and it's all mm-hmm. you know, genuine. That was kind of cool. And you know the hospital aspects of it, where she's like a surgeon and she's, you know, even though she's had a huge career in America, she comes back and is sort of on the bottom rung of the hospital, but. That was interesting to me to see how a hospital operates in another country because yeah. I think I've been so conditioned to think about Western hospitals. It's mm. like and American hospitals are like, mm. you know, prolific in film. Um, it was interesting to see like a different healthcare system. Yeah, exactly. I know that sounds really weird, yeah, yeah. but just the different way that they, like they had sick people, but they were all waiting to get into this one doctor because he was the best and mm. um, it's customary over there to, tip the surgeon if you if they do a good mm. job like yeah, yeah kind of interesting so i think I, I would have almost cut away the elements of thriller you know all that stuff focus on focus on other elements but i didn't mind the the evocation evocation of mood so you know it was okay here's the thing mm. most of these films as i mentioned are tight 90s this is an hour 35 this Ooh, felt really? the it felt like yeah, I, gonna, I thought it was like two hours. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So maybe my qualms about a runtime don't actually make that much difference because it's about mm. whether the film feels long. And mm. this felt long. And the reason why I think it felt long is because it, it raised, it did the lost, fell into the lost trap mm. where it raised all these questions and never answered any of them. And that's not not satisfying as a viewer like give me some questions sure make some things unclear but when you're all you're doing is raising questions and you're not giving me any answers I, 
I'm disengaging because mm. you're not going to tell me what happened. So what actually happened? She did meet him. They went over. He just decided to lie to her in the car park about not knowing her because he was nervous because he has kids. That's essentially it, right? And she's not going crazy at all. She wants the guy, the psychiatrist guy, to give her a um, diagnosis that explains that she's crazy. But she's not, is she? No. She's fine. So what was it trying to say then? Yeah. You know, sometimes we complain about films being too ambiguous. I think this film could have needed some ambiguity in the make us think about oh did what we see really happen because as you're right it raised all these questions and i was like okay the most boring answer is the the answer exactly so also like at the end the final shot is janosh buys her a set of speakers Hmm. to listen to like a record player or something yeah for the lady come on mate yeah that was good yeah but then they like winch it up Hmm. to get into her apartment and that's the final shot is the speaker like dangling and I was like, is it going to fall? Like, what's the go? And then it cut to black and I was like, that's an odd place to end because you haven't answered literally anything. Mm. You didn't set up the speakers as being this, like you didn't foreshadow this, do you rule three or anything. What yeah. What are you trying to say? Yeah. It's it was both over I too guess. quickly but went a, uh, went too long as well. Like yeah. spent too much time doing nothing and then didn't progress through the narrative at all. Yeah, it could have been interesting if it was the answer is something quite simple in the end. Maybe she doesn't accept that and maybe she goes crazy or something. Like you could have mm. could have used that. Anyway, I don't want to talk about it anymore. Don't even... <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, no. Lonnie's just declared. <laughs> no, no, I didn't mean that. I just meant I think we've got it, you know. Yeah. Have we got it? We've got it. Too cerebral, but it's okay. But not not really though, because I love cerebral psychological yeah, interesting okay. things. But it didn't it just said it was doing it. Mm. It told us that this was a cerebral film without actually showing us any of that. Yeah, anyway. but some positive aspects too, so you know. Cool. <laughs> it was Hungary's nomination for the Oscars apparently last year, but didn't make it. So but, what are you gonna rate this one out of five? Oh, okay, two stars I reckon. I mean, give it one and a half. Ooh. I didn't like it. Wow. I'm sorry. Okay. okay. Well, you hate Ben, our friend Ben, who's in the film. <laughs> <laughs> I don't hate Ben, but I do hate that character. Yeah, fair enough. Okay, let's move on to Nowhere In. What do you reckon? Yeah? Oh, yeah, we can move on to it. Okay, let's do it. What do you reckon? What's your thoughts, Anae? What happened? Um, mm. Do you love Annie still? I don't know. So... I sort of kept waiting for it to start. Like mm. it's got kind of like a vignette structure and it didn't like, I don't know, like it felt like it was sort of jumping around and it felt like it had almost three introductions to the film. Like there's her doing a piece to camera being like, oh, I'll tell you what happened. There's her like in the limo. Like I felt like it. we kept like introducing that something weird was going to happen and then it just sort of treaded water for a bit. Yeah. As I said before, I think maybe it was kind of just throwing some weird stuff to see what would stick. Mm. I like didn't mind that the central idea, though, of like it's supposed to be behind the scenes look at an artist's life and the artist is known to be quite weird and out there on stage, mm-hmm. but then in real life she's kind of normal and that's so interesting. 
Yeah. And that kind of central struggle and also the fact that you're making a documentary about one of your best friends and you can't don't have that distance you normally would if you're making a documentary about a different subject they had no connection to. Yeah. So that was interesting and it kind of, you know, the thing that I was kind of thinking of, especially once it all happens, well, so basically she complains that the filmmaker complains to St. Vincent that it's not interesting enough. CB is the filmmaker's name, sorry, I should say. And so they, she kind of like starts being weirder and weirder to try and make the film more interesting. And I think that would kind of, that all the satire on, on celebrity, of course, obviously. But it's like, be careful what you wish for. That was the basic theme mm. that kept coming to my mind because she wanted the documentary, the film to be more interesting and for, for St. Vincent to be a bit more interesting. And then she was. And then it all got, all got weird from there. Did that, does that make sense to you? Yeah, definitely. Sorry, I was just having a drink of water. <laughs> okay, cool. Crossing the lines and the boundaries between fiction and reality and the fourth wall and documentary yeah. space and what's real and what's not real. It, in a sense, and I don't know if this is a good comparison, but like Inside by Bo Burnham recently. It's like, not a good comparison, but yeah. Well, you know what I mean about you're playing yourself but you're playing a character and then yeah. it's like kind of – it's more akin to performance art perhaps than it is to a traditional film or comedy yeah. special in that sense. Is that, you know what I mean? I don't know. I think I, I sort of struggled because I thought the acting was really poor. Ooh. Um, of both Annie and CB. Really? Okay. And so that kept taking me out of it. And also the big reveal at the end, which was sort of like this was all a ruse to set up CB, like the, the doc documentary wasn't even real sort of thing, like all of her crew were hired and everyone was hired mm. and turns out St Vincent was in charge of this all along. And they all, they're in this like um, studio and they all start laughing at her. And she's like, I'm going crazy, I'm going crazy, and, like, clutches her head and, like, looks at them all and we're having handheld camera and it's so unstable. That felt to me like a, a student film. Like, it, it was so poorly executed and it felt completely disjointed from some of the more slick sort of intelligent parts of this film that it was just a real mm. disconnect for me about what they were trying to do and say. Yeah. I think it seems like they're having fun, but I think yeah. they got a bit too <laughs> bit carried away and a bit too confused. And I think the central idea of just the mockumentary is not the documentary is not working out because she's not interesting enough. Mm -hmm. I think that was enough. It got a bit too far for me, and those elements, especially. Of course, this film had to have a bit where they the camera spins around and everyone's looking and laughing at her, and they're. In, they're in like a white studio with the background yeah. and yeah. And then all of a sudden they've cut to cut to somewhere else. Yeah. I'm more than a huge fan. Really heavy handed with that kind of stuff. And mm. it's like I don't know, like the thing about about St. Vincent, the character going more and more sort of away from herself and, and taking on this persona, that stuff was interesting. Mm. Um and I can see this is always also billed as like a psychological thriller. I think this had more psychological thriller than the last one. Um but then, I don't know, they didn't really, not that they didn't do anything with it. I just don't really know, like, what the mm. 
what the end goal was? Well, for me, in that sense of it being a psychological thriller, it's kind of like, who can you trust? You can't even trust yourself. You can't even trust what mm. you can see as like the main character, CB. Mm-hmm. And that's interesting enough. But like we all know the whole film isn't real. Like we can't yes. trust anything because we know it's not real. So We know it's a mockumentary. Yeah. So I wasn't too surprised by any of the twists and turns because like, yeah, of course it's not. Of course yeah. I know what you're, what you're doing is constructing a reality. Yeah. So that was all right. So maybe the fact that it was a mockumentary then didn't like work with the fact that it was a setup on mm. her. Like the mm. film within a film was a setup because we were already expecting that. So it wasn't. Oh yeah, real, totally. You know. I, I thought several times like, okay, it's going to get weirder now because it's a time when the film gets weirder. Like, yes. Yeah. It wasn't a unexpected twist. No. And it, it's a shame when a film has like starts off somewhere and you're like, oh, just chase that. Chase the fact that she's making a documentary and it's not going very interestingly. Like that was that was cool enough. You know, yeah. taking all these other twists and turns down other avenues and like, oh, you're on the right track from the beginning, I thought. Mm. I just want to mention that there was one really nice scene where they're just chatting as friends and it kind of it's more in the the film aspect rather than the mockumentary or documentary side of things. Uh, where C V just talks about how she firmly believes that artists should have time to create and to mess up and Mm -hmm. do bad stuff and then come back and be good and that's all part of the process right but when she's doing stuff and it doesn't work out she hates herself for it yeah i just thought that was a really nice point and there's some nice dialogue and commentary sprinkled throughout the film where you're like okay these people are serious they know what they're doing Mm. but then it got a bit weird should we talk about but then it turned into like i didn't feel confident that they knew what they were doing towards the end of the film no, yeah, totally. And maybe that's yeah, part of it because they're just throwing stuff out there to see it works and if it doesn't mm-hmm. work, it's part of the process and like it's as, that's as important as doing good work as doing bad work, I suppose. Mm-hmm. But I don't know, that was just a nice little line that I kind of felt I related to because, mm. yeah, of course we all believe that artists should be out there creating and breaking boundaries and stuff, but then when you do it yourself and no one likes it, you're like, oh, I suck. But yeah. other people do it, you're like, oh, it's awesome. You're giving it a go. <laughs> okay, we need to talk about something today. Well, I want to. I want to talk to you about something as well. So okay. I'm interested if it's going to be the All same right. thing. On the count of three, let's go. Okay. One, two, three. Dakota, Dakota Johnson. Johnson. Yeah. Oh yes. <laughs> yes. That's like the first time that's ever happened. <laughs> How good. Okay. Yeah. So. Mm, okay. You go first. Mm. <laughs> okay. I'll go. I'll go second. I. I thought I knew Annie, right? And I was like, I would have known if they were dating in real life. Yes. That said, I looked up just in case. So did I. <laughs> I was like, did I miss something? Are they together? I was like, that would have been big news, right? If yeah. Dakota Johnson and, and So Kate again, Vincent. Dakota's playing a version of herself in the film. Yeah and, yeah, yeah. and the idea is that she's dating Annie. Yeah, and I think and she she's dated like was she with Cara Delevingne for a while or something? So Yeah. Potentially a reference to like celebrity romance. Of course it was, but having yeah. her in particular. Mm. So, yeah, if they have a explicit, well, we don't see it, but it's a sex scene that she makes CB film. They're just a very raunchy lingerie. <laughs> yeah, and I don't know. You can see they're owning it, obviously. They're doing it for the, it's not exploitative in that sense. They're doing it as a satire, I think. I don't know. Maybe they're just doing it. I don't know. But it, it felt a bit more pointed than when you have a, gratuitous lingerie scene in other films yeah because i think it was sort of commenting on that i think and it wasn't necessarily the male gaze it was like 
No. Making fun of the male gaze, I suppose. Awkward, though. Yeah. But this sort of created what I think was the best moment in the film. Mm. And it's not the first time where they have that sort of explicit scene and make CB film it. It's the second time. And Annie's sort of more into this, like she's going deeper and deeper into this persona of St. Vincent and she wants to construct a breakup. Hmm. And she says to Dakota, I can't write music anymore because I'm too happy because I need to suffer for my art and that's the only way that you can create something good, which I thought was an interesting point and mm-hmm. commentary that they made. Cause She's like, yeah, I love you too much to... I love you too much to be yeah. able to write good music. Mm. And then she tries to, like, plan a breakup in a few months. Well, and, then... and totally because she's, like, the artist who has everything. She can decide everything in her life because yes. she's the important person. So she's like, I'm going to plan this out for us, okay? so Yeah. And then, obviously, Dakota's like, no, <laughs> mm. that's fucked up. We'll just break up now. And then St. Vincent loses the plot because something has happened outside of her control. Mm. And she turns to CB and says, firstly... That's not going in the film, which is the first time she said that before she said everything could go in the film. Mm. And secondly, she's like, from now on, nothing happens that's outside of my control. Mm-hmm. And I just, I loved that scene because I felt like it was tapping into some of those universal truths about the tortured artist and about how we create and about being in control of things that happen to us in life and how we hate not being in control. And I think that moment for me was what the film was trying to do like that scene Mm. really affected me and i've thought about it a lot since then but then the rest of it wasn't strong enough to support that i don't think well i I agree that was a great scene you're missing another great scene though when annie is back on the farm with her family i'm like so what was that what are we doing guys (laughs) what are we doing okay what are we doing it was just funny to me i liked it why? She, she bought people to be a family and yeah. creating all this story about herself. And, yes, yeah, I liked all that. Constructing an image, you know. Yeah. The whole film was about that. And that was just very funny, some of the things she spoke about and the way she kept staying in character even though CB was trying to call her on it. That was cool. Mm. If you like weird sort of semi-experimental films mm. that make you think and have a lot of themes, I think you'll like this one. If you want, like... A well-constructed narrative. I don't think you will. Um, it was very bits and piecesy for me. Like, yeah, you, you but like how you say. I can't tell sometimes if you want, if you're gonna like something, if it's a bit weird or if it, like, it needs to be the right kind of weird, I just doesn't it? Fall into it and love it, and then sometimes mm. I'm like, this is, this is not yeah. good. Yeah, this okay. it's sort of in between for me. Right. Okay. Right. So I'm gonna give it three and a half stars. I reckon out of five. It's a good score. Mm. Um, I'll give it 2.75. Okay. It was just a little too fragmented for me to give it a three. Okay. But it was still enjoyable and it still made me think about things. Okay, so it's a recommendation still, even though... If you're the kind of person who likes that stuff. Right. It's not a recommendation if you're just like a regular person who likes regular films. Yeah, and I think it's a must-watch for any St. Vincent fan, so... Yeah. Yeah. I can see how you would probably need information in this for the canon of understanding perhaps St. Yeah. Vincent in the future. But having, having said that, if I didn't know anything about her, all I have to know is that she's a kind of a out-there artist who sings songs yeah. and Lady Gaga 
esque, you know, maybe that's a bad comparison, but just for the sake of the film, you can be like, okay, she's someone a bit like doing that sort of theatre as well as yes, music. So, yeah. So, yeah, get amongst it, I suppose. It's probably coming out soonish. Mm-hmm. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Okay, let's get into the two faves. Mm -hmm. The two that I think, you know, a big strong recommendation from you and I, Sine, is that we're going to buy this on Blu-ray and keep it forever. Do these two films get into that category for you? Yes. Okay. You want to talk about Ninja Baby? Let's do it. All right. So Ninja Baby is a Norwegian film, which is interesting. I don't think I've seen a Norwegian film before. This, this might have taken our Norwegian film virginity, so that's cool. Uh, that's, well, I guess it's appropriate for them. <laughs> like, that's why I said it for this film, yeah. Yeah, so Raquel is our main character, and she she's kind of like – Fleabag-esque. She likes sleeping with a lot of people, mm. drinking a lot, having no consequences. She's just having a good time. The, the comparison I sort of thought throughout was a bit like um, the characters from Why You Like This, the Netflix ABC oh, comedy. Yeah. yeah. Kind of kind of young, living free, not much direction in life, but mm. at heart sort of searching for something that's missing or, or not quite right in their lives, mm-hmm. which they, don't even, they can't even put their finger on, I don't think. Yeah. And essentially she finds out that she's pregnant. And not only is she pregnant, she's six months pregnant. Yeah, she's very far along, but she hasn't had much of a bump or any symptoms, which, which can happen, totally mm-hmm. totally real. That's why she Terrible. calls it Ninja Baby. Yeah, because it's a sneaky little ninja that <laughs> got in there. And the baby is animated yeah so she's a cartoonist or at least as an novelist yeah drawer yeah yeah and but down no luck at the moment as as often characters are at the beginning of films Mm -hmm. but she sort of yeah she anthropomorphizes the baby yeah the baby comes alive and she speaks to it in cartoons that she's drawing or imagining Which I didn't know if I was going to like that element. And at first I wasn't liking it, but then it baby grew on me. So It really, like, it works. Um, and it's interesting. So this film is based on a graphic novel. Oh, and, is it really? Okay. Yes. And the main character is writing a graphic novel and writes one by the end of it. Yeah. Um, oh, it's so good. 
Why though? Why is it so good to me? It has a compelling narrative. Okay. Always, always helpful. <laughs> it's about real people who are awkward and don't really know what to say to each other. Mm-hmm. It's about relationships but in like a quiet way. So yep. the idea is that the, the father of the child is not the guy who she's pursuing a romantic relationship with. And not someone she'd ever pursue a romantic relationship with, just someone she's sort of no. had a, a physical connection with. And oh, it's just so good. It's so good and it's heartbreaking and it's yeah. incredible and it's a commentary on parenthood and about who we love and how we love them and how we figure things out when they're really messy. Mm-hmm. Because life is so messy and unlike most movies where the the baby comes along and fixes everything or the, ba- the baby is something that will... Um, fix everything, bring them together, bring people together, or it is like something that will kick your gear into life, your life into gear potentially. Yeah. This one, yeah, the whole scenario, it sort of spirals out and out and out, but then also Mm. back in eventually after after some some pretty tough times. And you know what we're describing there is, you know, unwanted pregnancy and, you know, relationships with people you don't like and doing – potential for a good relationship with someone you do like but then it's getting complicated by all the other aspects yeah that's pretty heavy stuff mm-hmm. but there's such a nice light touch to the film even when it gets dark you still feel like you're in safe hands it's so it's so light-handed and there's a quote on the myth website that says that it's a, a warm-hearted spin on knocked up i think that does this film a total disservice it's it's not like that at all the only similarity is that there's a pregnancy mm. This film takes every opportunity to not do the obvious thing and I really appreciated that. Like it felt very edited Mm. and, you know, they don't get together because of the kid. We think the kid's going to die at one point Mm. and it was very emotional Mm -hmm. (laughs) and the guy who was the dickhead ends up raising the kid and raising a beautiful little girl and... That final shot's the name of her face and she I like, know. did she do the right thing? Is she regretting her life? Uh, Is she happy because the baby's bugs. giving her, the baby's having the life that she could never have given the baby and, yeah. oh my goodness. She never felt a connection to the baby and she never like wanted to be a mum even when she realised she was pregnant and that's okay. Like it was a really feminist look at mm-hmm. motherhood and this thing that we're all expected to do and, you know, I'm not alone, I'm sure, in being asked by people a lot when I'm going to have kids and, you know, why I haven't had them yet. And it's just such a personal thing and it's no one's business, obviously, to ever comment on that kind of shit. Mm. But it's this expectation that that's what we do and I liked that this film was sort of pushing against that and saying, well, no, we don't, that's not a given. It doesn't have to be a given. You don't have to suddenly become maternal just because you find yourself pregnant. You don't have to have the kid if you find yourself pregnant. Like it's, I don't know, it was really interesting in having, it didn't shy away from showing really complicated things. Like she talks about having an abortion. She goes to the clinic to have an abortion and realizes she's much farther along than she is and she can't have one. You know, she talks about adoption and not wanting to keep the baby. And I just think, I don't see a Western film getting getting away, quote-unquote, with showing that kind of stuff. I think it was so brave of this film to do that. 
Mm. And I can't, I've got to talk about my favorite scene. I've got to talk about it. Okay. So she falls in love with an Aikido instructor who is the sweetest guy in the world. He stays and makes her breakfast. He's, I love him so much. That scene when the, the father of the kid comes in and they're all in the apartment together, beautifully shot and acted and written in. But my favourite part is that he goes to the hospital to be with her after she's given the baby and gives her the little Dungeons and Dragons little mm-hmm. figurine of this strong woman because he realises that <laughs> his uh, consuming of, like, comic book and game stuff is very male-focused. Yeah, he's been doing, like, Warhammer where they actually get little yeah. figurines and paint them and stuff, yeah. Yeah, and then... He goes to see her after she's had the kid and obviously she's dealing with that really tough time immediately after having a baby where she can't breastfeed and she doesn't want to hold it and the baby's sick and doesn't want to sleep. And he gives her a hug in front of the elevators and he walks into the elevator and he looks back at her and they don't say anything and then the doors close. And you know in that moment that no matter how much these people want to try to make it work, it's not going to work. You can't. She's got this other thing now that she has to take care of, you know. She can't be with him even though they want to. Oh, it was just heartbreaking and very emotional and so quiet and just beautifully done. You there, Alan? Yeah, I was going to just thinking about what you said today. I, I had a sense, though, that potentially there was a chance for them to stay together. Really? Because in the car, doesn't she touch the little figurine she's kept? She's kept the figurine, but I sort of felt like that was a, a memento. I thought that was maybe a hint that they've stayed together or have somehow come back together. Maybe. But well, there you go. Maybe Potentially. <laughs> but you're right. It's like from what we see in the film, it is going to be tough for them to stay together even though, well, that's just life, isn't it, sometimes? Yeah. I but- yeah. It's funny as well. Like, it's not a downer. <laughs> this mm. is a funny film and a lot of the humour comes from the cartoon baby. Like, mm-hmm. he wants to be adopted by Angelina Jolie because she seems like she's a good mum. She adopts a lot of kids. <laughs> <laughs> That's you know, funny. Like... Yeah, and the other light touches, like, they talk frankly about sex and, mm. and things like that, which, you know, is kind of just how people speak, right? Like, it's not even, yes. not even that funny in the sense. It's kind of just it's interesting to see it on screen. Um, I want to talk about just how well cast the film is to me. Mm, mm-hmm. Like, you know, they say half the battle or most of the battle in directing is casting. Mm-hmm. And even I think the battle in acting is just being in the right person for the right role, right? Like it's yeah. if you get the right elements together, like you could just look, have one look at every character in this, every actor in this film, and you're like, okay, I understand this character. She looks just like the sort of person who does this sort of thing. Mm-hmm. When Dick Jesus comes along, the the father of the child, Perfectly I'm like, cast. oh, because you hate you want to hate him, yeah. But you can also kind of see why he's he's charismatic. He has like, the way, he's, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And when her sister is around, mm-hmm. you're like, oh, okay, I, I get their relationship mm-hmm. from just the the simplest of of um, interaction with each other. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I just couldn't get over how well cast it was and, and directed and acted, et cetera, et cetera. But I just like yeah. thought that was something to comment on that that was just really well done for this film. I agree. Can I talk about some criticisms? Just some, some small, minor quibbles. Go for it. Uh, okay, so the main girl, 
Eliza mm-hmm. just said is great. She's going to be a star. She's a wonderful actor. I thought the character, we were maybe told a little bit that she was this hot mess. Yeah. Didn't maybe see that enough. I agree. Maybe, yeah. Um, the only she... time that we did see that is when she went over to tell Dick Jesus that he was the dad and mm. ended up sleeping with him anyway, even though she said she wasn't going to. Yeah, and then there was another scene, like a flashback to her at a bar, I think. And I guess the fact that she can never get places on time and doesn't have much money and stuff, like the elements are there. I just thought maybe it was just a little touch, like taken for granted almost that she's a hot mess, you know. But, you yeah, know, that's quite I agree. A part of it. As Alice said, she was well cast and well acted, so it was okay. But you know, that mm-hmm. was a bit of a tweak. Um, some plot threads felt a little bit unresolved, and we kind of mentioned, did they stay together or not? That I didn't mind that. Mm-hmm. And the fact, like, you know, we cut forward five years or so and the, the kid's little and, like, what's going on in their relationship? There's enough there to go with it. But didn't you, like, didn't she organise with her sister to raise the kid? Yeah, I feel a bit sad for the sister. Like, <laughs> she yeah. left her husband to raise this kid and then they're like, well, sorry, don't worry about it. We're going to, you know, somehow try to figure out how to raise it ourselves. Yeah, it kind of felt like it was a scene missing. Just like a one-minute scene could have mm. maybe wrapped that up a little bit. But it was, like, mm. it was okay. I'm okay with it. Yeah, but the ending's going to stay with me for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. I want to watch this again, like, immediately. Mm. It's so good. If you like if you like sort of, like, female film filmmakers and female films talking about, mm. you know, things integral to women, I think you'll like it. Mm-hmm. Um, if you like something a bit sort of... Not rude, but like they swear, they talk about drugs, and I think there's sex scenes in it. Mm. I think you'll like it. Felt very millennial in that sense. It didn't did, it? yeah. yeah. And there's also way. we didn't mention. So there's there's the animated baby. There's also these sort of like almost title cards, or sometimes mm. to explain certain things, we skip to some animation for a mm-hmm. little bit. And I thought that was really great. I think it like breathed a bit of life into the film when it was sort of slowing a bit and mm. made it different from every other film in this genre and I think it really elevated it. It, it felt like a more mm. complete, cohesive piece of art rather than just a film. Agreed. I compared it before very briefly to Juno and obviously the mm. plot elements are, are similar enough so that's there. And I think Juno these days is maybe a bit twee looking back at it, like all the music and whatever. Yeah. I'm also not sure it holds up. There's been some... Yeah. Some threads about, yeah, whether yeah, that totally. was problematic or not. <laughs> However, the idea of having a sort of quiet drama comedy, yeah. black comedy about, I think this one is like the adult version. This is, it, you know, because it is, but also because of the way it is presented. It's yes. like, do you know, 15 years later yeah. in a millennial sort of guise. So I think I think that that's, a, that's something to think about. Mm. Yeah, huge recommend for me. There's also, sorry, I just wanted to, I can't stop talking about this film. There's a lovely scene where um, she tells the Aikido instructor essentially she can't go on a date with him, you know, she's pregnant and she thinks it's him to begin with and there's a lot of stuff they have to work through with that. And he comes and asks her out for coffee the second time after she's already said no and he takes her to one of those nights where they're playing the game with the figurines and everything. Mm -hmm. And I just loved that sequence and then at the end they're sort of sitting on this little stoop at the front door and sort of trying to tell each other how much they like each other but they're, like, Mm. unable to. And it was very, like, had all the best elements of a Linklater sort of character. Linklater stuff, hey. Romance stuff. I just love him. I love 
I love this. I love that. I think this is like my favorite thing in film is mm. people talking to each other about relationships and about. I, I like dialogue heavy films and that little sequence mm. where he's like, I really like you and I think you're amazing. And every time I look at you, I'm like, wow, I get to be with you. That's incredible. You're mm. beautiful. I don't, I don't know. It was so sweet and so wonderful and just. Oh, I just love this film so much. The thing is, I don't think she necessarily, like, she's never thought she's going to be with anybody. No. So I think. The fact that he is there, like, saying, you know, you're really amazing, whatever, mm. that is, like, repulsive to her in some ways because, not because of him, because, as it turns out, she finds herself yeah. quite liking him, but she's like, oh, well, no, no, I'm not that sort of person. I don't fall in love, so get away from me, almost. But then that's the struggle in her own mind is then to be like, oh, maybe I should open myself up to him yeah, and, and Dick Jesus potentially if we're going to have a baby together or... Maybe I should go back and be nice to my sister who I don't really see much and my, my best friend, my roommate, who I sort of have a have a nice relationship but kind of like we're just two wild childs running away in life, you know. Yeah. So, yes, it's there's hope there at the end of the film but still it's a long, mm. it's a long hard, funny black comedy journey to get there. Yeah. Yeah, good stuff. Thanks, David, for that one. Thanks, David. <laughs> Five stars for me. What about you today? Um, I think I'm going to give it four. I really loved it. The only thing that I didn't like is perhaps it was a little bit crass just for the sake of being crass in a couple mm. of sections. Actually, I remember the things I did like four and a half. <laughs> but strongly, when I say five stars, I'm like, I want you to go watch it. So that's yeah, it's really, it's really good and definitely one we're mm. going to purchase and watch again. Yeah. Speaking of Richard Linklater-inspired-esque films, Sine. Yeah. Let's talk about Freshman Year, a.k.a. Shithouse. Can I give you a little... Yeah, it's had a name change. Mm. Freshman Year is better, I think, personally. But... Yes, I agree. Yeah, go on. Um, just a little context to this film. So we picked out some films to watch and we didn't have a long time. So we were like, three will do. Three. Mm. Th- we're going to watch three. That gives sort of a nice snapshot. And then I read the description, didn't I? Because we, we had this one where, like, I saw it originally and I was like, oh, okay, it's an American one, maybe it's just been thrown in there as, like, you know, one for the kids or something, you know, American films. And yeah. it was on a list and we're like, oh, let's watch the other ones first. Luckily, Sine, luckily you overruled me and decided to put another one in the, in the mix. I just, they said it was for fans of Linklater and I was like, oh, I really want to watch that. <laughs> So it won like the grand jury prize at, at um, South by Southwest. Pretty good. And um, Cooper Rafe wrote, directed, produced, <laughs> starred yeah. in this film. Edited, I think, too. Yeah. And essentially, it's what in a, the title. What a statement, right? Like, as your yeah. first thing. Here as we your go. first thing. <laughs> he has moved to college for the first time, mm. and he's from Texas, and he's doing college in California. Yeah. Yeah. LA, yeah. Um, it's an indie film in every sense of the word. Like it feels mm-hmm. indie. Um, oh, it's so good. I can see on Miff it's described as a dreamy hangout romance. I kind of get mm, that. I get that. I think yeah. that kind of fits. So basically yeah. he he's having a hard time adjusting to college. He wants to go home. He's got a really close relationship with his mum and sister. And he hates it. He hates college life. He can't get into it. And he meets Maggie, who's a year above him. 
kids and he wants a relationship with her and she kind of doesn't want one with him, sort of. Basically. <laughs> so they have like a, a a beautiful before sunrise yeah. sort of journey together. They have like a night together where they yeah, they have a bit of, bit of bit naughtiness going on, but also they just sort of hang out and get to know each other and mm. he comes out of his shell a bit and she you know, gives herself up a little bit as well because mm-hmm. she kind of doesn't do connection, I don't think. She maybe does parties mm-hmm. and friends, but she doesn't do deep connections. And that could have been enough, right? Just the night could have been enough for some yep. films, but then it goes in a little bit deeper, doesn't it? It goes under the surface of what happens after, after the before oh. sunrise night. This one's really raw because I watched it last night and I cried a lot <laughs> in this film. <laughs> it's so good. Like I don't even know how to explain why it's so good. It's well, just good. I saw a, I don't know where I saw it now, but I saw a, a uh, I might have been on Capiche or something, but they said it was disarming. I think that is a very, mm. very mm-hmm. good description because you go in thinking like, oh, it's a college film. There's going to be some parties and he's going to like, they're going to get together and maybe you'll, They'll break up for a bit and then they'll get back together. It's all going to be okay. You don't expect to be warped over the head with emotions, do you, Sinead? No, and it's not its not that kind of thing. It's not like, oh, the nerd goes to college and then figures out how to fit in. Like, that's not really what it's about. Oh, this film is so intelligent. So this is the first film that I've seen. I've also seen it spelled as the Gen Z before sunrise, which is totally what mm. it is. Um, it made me think about parenting children and the way that I would want to parent. So parenting my children well is something that I am really conscious of. And I haven't seen a lot of films or art created about what happens if we do raise kids to be the most empathetic, kind people that they can be. What if we do love them and support them so much and say, it's okay if you cry in front of Mm. people because you're allowed to have emotions. And it's okay if you want to bring your stuffed animal to college like who cares if it's comforting you like go for it like no one's getting hurt by this which is very much my approach to things like it doesn't really matter you know you're not harming anyone and it it sort of explored the inadvertent harm that that could do to a child because Alex the main character is so like unprepared utterly unprepared to deal with these people who aren't as emotional and um, sincere and genuine as he is and he's not prepared for people to make fun of him for having a stuffed animal because it doesn't even cross his mind that that would happen. And the way that it sort of sets him up to fail and then at the end he's on the phone with his mum and sister and everyone's crying and I was crying and I was like, oh, my God. But he's like, I think I have to stop like talking to you so much and I have to stop loving you so much because it's mm. not serving me here. I have to have to sort of do this and oh, just a bit. So he's having a hard time and he calls his mum early in the movie and doesn't tell her and then, you know, breaks down as soon as he hangs up because he just wanted to hear her voice. He just wanted some reassurance from his mum. And that obviously was a, this- Sorry, that was a great scene where he like, Invents an illness so she can tell him yeah. how to go to the chemist. Because well, he just wanted to be looked after by his mum. Mm. He couldn't and... tell her, like, hey, I've got no friends and I'm no. you know, really sad and depressed. But he can be like, I've got a bit of a cold. What, do I sh- what should I do again? Yeah. yeah. That was so beautiful. It was so, oh, just like so inventive to put that in this film. And mm. 
I can see cynical people being like, oh, mummy's boy, you know, that's not what it's trying to say. And if that's your reaction, just don't bother because you're not going to engage with it. But like he says to her on the phone at the end of the film, if I told you that I was having a really shit time, you would have asked me, you would have said I can come home. And she said, of course you could have. What's wrong with that? There's nothing wrong with coming home if you're upset and you don't want to do something, which is totally how we think. But, like, this shows that maybe there was something wrong with that and maybe there are consequences even when you're trying so hard to do the right thing and and parent with understanding and patience and love that he did sort of need to stick it out. He needed to not be coddled, which is really hard (laughs) well that's it you mentioned it basically but he had been built up and supported so much by his mum, and quite rightly because he had his father passed away Mm -hmm. but he had no resilience no so when things got tough and when he went off to start his own life and it's a bit like oh college sucks because you know it's really tough when you're out on your own stuff. Really, the film is, is set in college, but it's about life. It's about mm-hmm. growing up and mm-hmm. it's tough for everybody, if you're at college or if you're not, right? But he had no resilience to work through those things, but he knew enough to know that he had to work through it. I think that's yes. what you're trying to get at, right? Like yes. he, he knew that if he went home, which was the option, because obviously he, he mentions it and he directly says that, he would have lost everything that he'd kind of wanted but the things he wanted he couldn't do because he didn't have the skills. He didn't have it within himself really to do that. And so he was stuck. He knew enough to know what was going wrong but didn't have enough to make himself better. Mm. And then when he, he has this wonderful night, like the perfect night with the, the cool girl down the hall, and then it kind of it doesn't work out the way it would in a movie. No. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then um, that throws him even further off, off to kilter. And it obviously takes a little while for that to work out, but there's enough there for him. Like, what if he hadn't had this happen happen to him? I don't. I don't think he would have survived. No. He was. He was in a. He was already in a dark place. So it was only going to get darker. But then he was able to pull him out. And how did he pull him out? He made some friends. Yeah. I think that's the biggest thing that I would say to someone going to college now. And something I was probably looking back. I was. I was a bit of a loner and didn't put my best foot forward enough. I, I eventually I did, and I made some good friends at college and. Now, I'm still there in a work capacity, but <laughs> I feel like now, having gone through some tough times, I do have the skills to make friends and to, to make things better. But everything's easy when you've got friends, mm. and that is basically life. It's not going to college and not working. It's not anything else. It's like doing it with other people with yeah. the supportive network, whether that's friends or family or the family you make out of your friends, you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. I, I just think... Yes, college sucks, and yes, being alive sucks for a variety of reasons. <laughs> mm. But it is a bit easier when you've got a good good network of friends. And he's like, "Yeah, all I do is get my food, go to my room, um, eat it there. Hate my roommate because we're on just not connecting, not even trying to connect." Of course, you're gonna have a bad time, mate, because you don't have the skills to to, to operate. Something I remember, Sine, from our boy Roger Ebert. Mm-hmm. I think it was in a review of High Fidelity of all the films, right? <laughs> I don't know why I remember <laughs> okay. this so clearly. Yeah. But he said um, the best, something, something along the lines of the best recommendation you give about a film is that the characters seem believable and that mm-hmm. they're people you could walk on the street and come across them. 
And even further, there'll be people that you want to hang out with. I think that's this film. Yeah, definitely. Like maybe a little bit of the main main two, their performance felt maybe a touch put on. What do you well, think of that? that's interesting. I was going to raise it with you about, oh, sorry, do you want to finish making the point you're trying to make? First, I, I like it, It's a very realistic film, right? Like the yes. performances, everything. If, if you've got a scale from realism to formalism, like, you know, realism, like a, like a documentary, like there's real people, or formalism, like it's a frame, like a Wes Anderson, everything stylized sort of thing. Mm-hmm. We're on the real, like, furthest side of realism as possible. Yeah. However, it almost went, they are so realistic that they felt a little bit unrealistic in parts. What do you do? You th- does that make sense? Is that- I kind of get what you mean. It, I think perhaps it was the dialogue, maybe, that you're mm. picking up on. There was a lot of. I was trying to figure out whether it was improvised. Because yeah. the way that they said certain lines, they had all of the like, 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 and um, um, um sort of stuff, utterances in their speech. And I didn't know whether that was like scripted mm. or whether that was just them sort of riffing. But they, all, they always had like the perfect thing to say, didn't they? They did, or yeah. Perfectly so, improvised. Perfectly, it felt perfectly improvised. And this maybe that means it wasn't perfectly improvised, potentially. Yeah. You know what I've just had a um, revelation about? Mm. It gave me like crazy vibes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. One of my favourite films of all time. Which was improvised, wasn't it? Felicity Jones and Anton Yelchich. Yeah. Uh, um, Which was improvised. And they got direction from the director about what was going to happen in the scene. Mm. So in this scene, I need you to have a fight, for example. Mm. And then it's going to end with you leaving the house and let's see what happens. I love that film. It is absolutely perfect. And the ending of that film always breaks Mm. my heart. It's one you put on to cry, isn't it? Yeah, if you need to cry, (laughs) put on like crazy. Um, But it's the same sort of thing, these realistic sort of scenes and dialogue. I'm not Mm. saying this was improvised, but it just has that sort of Mm. vibe, you know? Yeah, I'm not even saying I dislike. I didn't even dislike necessarily the fact that it felt a bit too perfect, perfectly um, realistic. But revelation, I think, is a good word to use. That's what I feel about... um, is it Dylan Gilura? How do you say your last name? Galula, I think. Galura. Yeah, wow. Like, um, he was good. Like, and he was very good and believable and understated. But she felt like somebody I've met. Like, yeah. And, you know, <laughs> a particular and, person? Well, a combination of people I've met. But, yeah. like, you know, sometimes people feel like characters. She felt like she walked in and was just there and. That is not, not easy scene. to do, is it? Not easy thing to do. No. no. Like her first scene is coming in and he's locked himself out of his room. He's gone to the communal shower. Mm. But just side note, dorm rooms are so weird no, no way. in America. Yeah. You're all adults and you're living in the same room and you're showering in like a communal shower. No, not good. What is going on there? Not good. Anyway, and she, her first introduction is, oh, did you get locked out? Here's the key because she's like a. Mm. All right. Yeah. President advisor. I don't understand their like, like oldest system. kids who help out the dorms. Yeah, but just the way that she goes, "Hey, did you get locked out?" Mm. Yeah, which one's yours? Like that was just such a good introduction to her character mm-hmm. and the way that she would like interact with him in the in the film. And oh god, this movie is so good. Look, it looks an eight. Cards on the table. We all we've all picked up on it. Me and white pale girls with dark hair, like 
there's a thing going on there. <laughs> there's you. There's Lois. We're talking about next week. Snobby Day Chanel. So, look. Not the hot let's snaggy, just, Let's just say that. Let's just say that. The card's on the table. Laying it all out. I've got a type. And it's mm-hmm. you. It's you, Sinead. So that's fine. Okay. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> um, no, great performance, though. I also thought it was doing some interesting things with editing. Like, it is this sort of, like, hangout film with these, like, long scenes, but then we have almost jump cuts into, like, in another vignette, essentially. Mm-hmm. Like, they're talking and then we jump cut and they're in a car. And then, did you find that? Like, we switch between these sort of, like, chapters almost of their story. Yeah, it was good in that sense, It mixing that up. I never really felt like, oh, this scene's been going for too long because no. sort of clipped along, even though there were long scenes, they felt like they were enough going on in them that they didn't ever get boring. So, yeah, I, I agree there. I thought some of the staging was, was interesting too. Like there are often mm. times where the camera is just back far enough that they are like almost like they're on a stage and they're, mm. you know, we're, we're sitting watching them from afar, but also they're quite small in the frame. Obviously that's them mm. being, they're feeling small in their lives and they're playing out sort of. Yeah. It's all playing out in front of them and they're like they're performing you know, in the, like you do when you're a kid. And he's like, he even says that. I put on a whole performance for you last night of the person I, you know. Thought you wanted. <laughs> yeah. And he thought like, oh, yeah, we haven't, we've come out together, we get burritos, then we're boyfriend and girlfriend. We, he's, he kind of, he asks her basically to be his manic pixie dream girl, doesn't he? To be the girl yeah. that comes into his life and will fix everything for him. And she's like, oh, no, we just, not even friends, we just had enough some time together dude see that argument where they're at the party for me is like so well done because you could totally empathize with each argument like yeah. there wasn't oh. there wasn't a wrong person in that argument there wasn't one person who'd done the wrong thing mm-hmm. they both were just operating on a completely different level of communication like he thought we had this great night together we had sex you know i'm feeling all these things so you must be feeling all these things mm-hmm. too and then what happens is we date that's what happens and for her it's like well, no, I never said that I wanted to. You're mm-hmm. being creepy and sending me all these messages. Like, I didn't ask for this at all. Yeah. This is a much more casual thing. I wanted to steal the phone out of his hand. Dude, just oh, chill out, stop. man. stop. This it's anxiety-inducing, <laughs> this film, with his awkwardness. Yeah. It's like, stop yeah. messaging her, stop messaging her. And when yeah. they first go into her room and he just stands there for so long at the door and you're like, sit down. You're being so weird. Just sit on the bed. Sit on the bed. No, I empathize with that. That would be me in that situation, oh, wouldn't it? So me? awkward. You just give two thumbs up. What's wrong with that? You Do like you? giving thumbs up. Can we talk about um the best character in the film? Um, Yes. Didn't see any dogs, but okay. Maybe there was a dog I didn't see. There were no dogs, but there was a turtle. Yeah. Now, I am the um turtle queen. <laughs> you are. It's partly self-anointed, but partly, you know, everyone says it, really. <laughs> um, they love me. They do. You, do you have a special connection with turtles for some reason? I do. I, don't, I didn't ask for this, but um, they do I think it you. all started back when I was in primary school and we went mm-hmm. on a camping trip with our aunt, my aunt and uncle and cousin. Mm-hmm. And I found a baby turtle on its back right at the shore trying to swim into the ocean. Mm. And I was like, well, what do I do? Everyone was like, well, you flip him over. Yeah. And so I flipped him over and he waddled towards the water and got taken away like and by the swell. And he said thank you. And... and we had a connection and I named him Flipper. 
and <laughs> that was really sweet. And then yeah. I used to work at a uni in Queensland that had a lot of turtles and a little mm-hmm. bridge. Mm-hmm. And I'd wait there often in an afternoon and they'd come up and see me and post the little heads up. I had to mm-hmm. rescue one once because it was good. stuck on a rock yeah. and I couldn't get back into the water. Just me and turtles, we go way back, you know. Um, so, so you had a, you had a connection with the turtle in this film. Had a connection with Pete. And mm. it was very sad what happens to Pete, but I still love him. And that was such a beautiful, like when she's like, oh, I just threw him. Oh, God, isn't that emblematic of her entire character? Mm-hmm. She's like, I just threw him in the trash. What are you going to do? He's dead. And just refusing to engage with the emotion of it. And obviously yeah. I'm like Alex who's like, what are you talking about? You're a monster. You just threw, mm. he's your best friend. You just put him in the bin. <laughs> but she can't. Well, she, she shut herself off. It. Yeah, because it's so painful. Exactly. And they sort of hint towards, well, they don't hint towards yeah. it. They tell us why because that's the her sister. life. Her sister and her, her dad, yeah. like it's. What she's trying to shut herself off from the yes. whole film. Because yeah. if you've got to, it almost like if you've got to feel bad things, you have to feel good things as well. And so she doesn't want to feel anything. And so she's yeah. cut herself off from all emotions. Exactly. So. Uh, it's such a good film. I'm going to throw in one criticism. Okay. I wonder if it's the same one I have, but you go first. Mm, Interesting. So for the most part, this film is very light-handed, I think. Mm. It's a hangout film. We're having a nice time. Mm -hmm. But then at the end, it turns into very sort of commercial with a montage. Firstly, I don't need a montage ever of a film that I've just watched, of the highlights of the film I've just watched, (laughs) especially when it's only just over 90 minutes and I I can remember I... I'm, yep, I'm still watching it, guys. I did remember that 10 minutes ago they said this thing, correct? But it's like they're reliving the highs and lows of their relationship, right? Not needed at all. There's one cut that's on its own that's not in the montage and they cut to that first night. Basically she's saying she wants to be with him at the end of the film, right? And they cut to the first night when they, he was in her room and the film goes silent and it's just the shot of them sitting together and then we cut back to them in present day. That was perfect. That was the perfect choice to make them because it was so quiet and that was enough to evoke the journey, that first shot. We didn't need to see all the highs and lows after that in the further Mm. montage. And I just really wish that wasn't in there because for me it just felt so heavy-handed of like, see, these guys, they've been on a journey. Remember how much they've been on a journey? You love them. Wow, they've been through so much to get here. Just a bit, yeah, heavy-handed as I said in the first First cut was enough. Well, I'm going to even further than that today. I I see your point. Okay. I think the film had the perfect ending, perfect ending shot, perfect ending moment, and then it went for like five or seven minutes. So do you think it should have ended before they got together? Do you think they should have ended up together? I think think they should have. I think it should have ended when she likes his Instagram photo and he notices. Ah. Cut there and then. That's good. Because then you're like... Are they going to be together? Is that her opening up? Like it's her opening up, but does that mean they're just friends or whatever? I just thought that could have been a good ending. What do you reckon? So what if we combine them and then while he's on his bed after the, like waiting for the text mm. messages and whatever, he's flopped like face down on the bed with a yep. stuffed toy. We have the cut there of yep. that little shot of them first meeting. Yeah. Because he's thinking about that and then we end on the text messages. Potentially, yeah. The few notes for you, Cooper. Just uh, yeah. So if you just want to make those edits and send them through to yeah, us, that'd be great. Get a look. No, I think what what have happened and totally legitimate. You make this film, 
you fall in love with the characters, you want to give them an ending. You don't want to give them a potential ending. Yeah, but that said, sometimes... yeah, I'm with you. It could have ended a little bit later. I think there was another point where it could have ended, and then it went a little bit further again. So they decide that they're going off. They're finishing college, even though she's a year ahead of him, Sine. So wouldn't she have already left? Yeah, he's I'm finishing? very confused. But anyway. then he said he was the same age as her, so maybe he's like, I don't know. Who knows? Maybe she did honors or something. Whatever. It doesn't matter. They're there together and they're finishing up. Maybe she changed because she went into acting course. Maybe, maybe she had to change and didn't get the credits. Happens all the time. I do study plans with students. I'm telling them, you've got to stay a bit longer. And they're like, I want to leave. I'm like, oh, I'm offended now. You want to leave me? I <laughs> 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 don't go that far. Anyway. Um, so that's okay. And so there's this big, long road, like a suburban street. They've gone down a few times and she's walked down it alone a few times. And there's a perfect shot at the end where they're running up the street together after they've decided to yes. be together yeah. and they're in silhouette and yeah. that's, it's beautiful. I'm like, oh, okay, end here. Oh, no, we're going back to the, the softball pitch. Yeah. And then she's going to home run. Like, oh, okay, fair enough. I but didn't mind that though. I didn't mind yes, it. Yes, I agree. Maybe, yeah. Yeah. Could have been good. But, you know, if we're, if we're here quibbling with like which shot it should have ended on, <laughs> I think we're okay with the rest of the film, aren't we? I think so too. Yeah. So good. Going, yeah, hard to say this now if we've talked about it in, in detail, but I think going in not knowing a whole lot was really good and that's what was so yeah. disarming about it, you know. Yeah. If we'd had trailers for months and months looking forward to this one as Oscar buzz or whatever, you're like your expectations have been so high. Mm. My expectations were just like hope it's good, you know. Yeah, yeah. So, wow. What are you going to give it? Yeah, this one's a, a five star for me, but the way I've said that, like I'm a bit upset about it is because I wish I'd made it. So, you know, <laughs> that's even more of a recommendation. Yeah. It actually reminded me a lot of this kind of scripts you write and the sort of um, like this one with the girl at a, at a dance. Yeah, I'm trying to get that dance. one. Mate. Yeah. yeah. It's definitely the kind of things you like writing. And it's right up the alley of the kind of things I like watching. So mm. um, it's a good thing we're together, so no? It's going to be four and a half stars. Four and a half. Okay. What's wrong? Is it because she's got dark hair and is pale? No. Okay, good. Half, the half star for just some of those heavy-handed bits that hmm. weren't necessary, I okay. think. But, man, that's good. Well, that's been Myth 2021. Some highs, some lows. But even the lows went that low and the highs were very high. So yeah, that's, that's a pretty good recommendation. Now, these films, Myth is obviously is actually ending by the time this podcast Soon, is out. Yeah. However... The films will be out there. We'll, we'll include the names in the show notes so that mm-hmm. you can look them up. Um, now we're in, obviously, that'll be around because, you know, there's a rock star in the in the film. Ninja Baby, I think, would probably get a run, and I think freshman year we'll get some sort of, even if it's on SBS demand or something like that down here, it might be. Kind of felt like and, Spectacular Now too, which yeah. Pal's picked up, so maybe. Oh, yeah. Hopefully Pal's picked this one too. Well, thank you very much for listening. Next week we've got um, a review of Superman Lois. TV series. Other than that, we're going to looking kind of scrounging around for stuff to watch because Nay is in lockdown again. So again, don't know why we have to lock down at the International Space Station when I'm the only inhabitant. Uh, it's tough, you know. It's really frustrating. It's really tough. Hold up! What was that? 
Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Okay, well, thanks for listening and watch these films. And see you next time. Bye. Goodbye. Hey, it's Lonnie here. I forgot to mention Emily in Paris. I feel really bad about it. I know everyone likes it. I know it's everyone's favorite bit of the podcast. So I thought I had to include it now because I'm editing and Sinead's in editing, so I can put this in. So thank you very much for listening to this extra reference to Emily in Paris. Also, I'm worried I sound a bit creepy earlier when I mentioned that I've got a thing or I've got a soft spot for uh, pale girls with dark hair. And actually, that would have been a really good time to mention Emily in Paris because Lily Collins has dark brown hair. Not not black, but it's dark brown, so it could have worked. But I wasn't creepy. I, was, I wasn't trying to be creepy. I was trying to be, like, funny. And it's okay because Sinead, who's my fiancé, has pale skin and dark hair. So it's okay. Not creepy, but it's funny. So thank you for listening. Emily in Paris. Goodbye.